Hey there, thanks for tuning in to Something New Every Week with your host, me, Jason Group. Each week I'm going to give you something new that's happening in our photographic world, just some great conversations with my friends, and what's going on right now. Something New Every Week is sponsored by Miller's Lab. Miller's Professional Imaging is the largest professional lab organization in the United States. They provide professional prints and press products for professional photographers in all 50 states and Canada. And they're just a great company. If you don't know them, go check them out, millerslab.com. All right, people, it is February 12th, the week of February 12th. Well, it's actually the end of February 12th. Anyway, um, okay, so I am, uh, this, this one's going to be a short one this week, but uh, it's just going to be me, and I wanted to, I was going to actually skip this week, but it's been a, it's been really important for me to keep these podcasts going. And I haven't skipped a week now in I think 47, 48 weeks and uh, been able to manage to uh, keep it going. And it's been a great, um, really great project this year. And I'm really looking forward to uh, my uh, one year anniversary of something new every week. So first, I want to start off by saying for those of you who have been listening from the beginning, I hope that you've found these interesting and I uh, I don't ask often, but but please uh, like and subscribe, and um, you know it would be great if you could keep following us every week. I've got a lot of really fun things planned over the next um, the next year. Now that I'm a little more energized, but I didn't want to skip this week, and I thought it would be really important to just kind of go over what's happened to me over the last three weeks. Um, for those of you who are not friends with me on Facebook. Um, or haven't seen, I've been battling the coronavirus for the last uh, 19 days. And um, I'm going to get to the whole story of that. And I think it's an, it's an important story to, for, to, to tell. And a, one that I wish I had listened to uh, just, just, you know, for, for people to hear what it has been like for me, because I think that we don't hear a lot of my stories. Uh, meaning that I, I've lived. <laughs> so, but before we begin, we're going to start with birthdays like we've done uh, every week uh, for the last uh, month or so. And um, and uh, I, again, like I, I really love birthdays. I love celebrating people's birthdays, and I think it's important to um, to you know celebrate every year that we have above ground. So, okay, here goes. I think uh, uh, we're going to do the last two weeks of birthdays. If I repeated your birthday, well, happy birthday again twice. So we're going to start. And these people are my Facebook friends. And um, I'm fortunate to be in a community where I have lots of of, of great photographer friends and, and filmmakers uh, across the world. So here goes. All right, starting with today's birthday. Becky Myers, Jessica Wheelgott, Chuck Adams, Patty Pound, Owen Bannerman, Zalt Rocolia, Becky Gregory, Courtney Ann, Squally Minetti, Todd Vieos, Patrick Moreau, happy birthday, dude, Joe Te- Teng Ming, uh, Ten Wei Ming, Sarah Ashby, happy birthday, Lori Real, happy birthday, um, I used to work with her at WPI, Evelyn Fascalu, Amy, such a sweet, amazing person, happy birthday, Amy, Kevin Kiefer, Carol Tatebaum, Joe y- Yakar, Jeff Jotts, Lauren Rutten, Jennifer Greg Smith, Jen G, Susan Barbera, 
Ron Rosenweig, Andy Martin, Petros Patakos, uh, Michelle Rooks, Kritzi Rao, Happy Birthday, Kara Lee, Joseph Connolly, Terry Cantor, J- uh, Jacqueline LaCourt, an old client of mine, Dory Howell, Laura, Lauren Ashley, Happy Birthday, Jeff Johnson, Sergey Arsimov, Ted Sandine, Happy Birthday. Uh, let's see, these are upcoming birthdays this week. Kevin Chen, Tamaya Colvin, Vinny McCracken, Happy Birthday, Heidi Eifert, Tommy Hilton. Let's see, who else? All right, we're going forward now. And birthdays. And so that'll do it for this week. So those are the birthdays. Happy birthday to those people. I hope you're having a great February birthday. My dad's birthday was yesterday. He's been gone for a long time, but I love celebrating his birthday each year. And, And actually, I didn't see it on this list, but also happy birthday, Peter Hurley, who has the same birthday as my dad. All right, so... Why am I recording this, just me, just talking about this? First of all, I think it's important for people to hear how bad I sound. Um, And, you know, the way I've contracted things, uh, the coronavirus, and the way things have gone, maybe it'll help one person to understand, um, you know, just how uh, horrible this virus is. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But if, if one person listening to this uh, it helps them in one way, shape, or form. Um, I think that would be great. So here goes. A lot of people ask, how did I get the coronavirus? Well, <clears throat> I like to say it was, you know, uh, a good story, but, you know, um, I uh, do a lot of local photography work for my kids' schools, and um, I'm friendly with uh, uh, the, the the basketball staff, and I've been doing a lot of senior banners for them and uh, high school seniors for both the women, for the, for the girls and boys teams. And he, <clears throat> they just opened things up and asked me if I could shoot a series. They had a series of freshman JV and, and varsity basketball games. It was their first ones that they were doing. And he wanted to make sure that the, you know, the kids got, you know, representation and got pictures like, you know, all the other kids. So he asked me to come shoot the game. It was my birthday to, uh, on Tuesday, January 19th. And, um, you know, I was happy to do it. It was limited capacity, huge gym. I mean, when I say huge, I mean like 50,000 square foot gym that was only open to coaches, players, and one parent spectator for the varsity team. And that was it. So maybe there were, uh, you know, 25 or 30 parent spectators and maybe a hundred people in total. Um, And then cheerleaders came for an hour when there were maybe 25 or 30 of those kids. So all in all, maybe, you know, you know, conservatively 250, 250 people in a 50,000 square foot gym, everybody masked up, very, all the precautions taken, COVID screenings, temperature checks, all of that. Still a risk, right? So, but to me, I felt like this was a, this was a risk, you know, everybody's, you know, wanting to get out there and do things. And, you know, I was, you know, no different than anybody else. I just wanted to, you know, uh, keep doing things and, you know, keep my business going like everybody else. And this seemed like a good risk for me to do, right? My kids are back in school, so they're surrounded by those people, you know, in general. So, okay, Tuesday, January 19th, I go and shoot the game. The part that I probably shouldn't have done is, 
you know, I shot with a telephoto lens for most of the game, but for parts of the game, I sat with my 24 to 70 underneath the baskets, shooting, you know, bas- pictures of them shooting under the baskets. I'm sure that's where I contracted it. And, you know, the kids, the players were even wearing masks, but, you know, at a certain point, how effective with them falling down in their chin, they're constantly adjusting them. I'm sure that that was the way that I contracted this virus. Cal Biden, you know, nothing happened for, you know, several days. And it wasn't until Saturday night, that night, which was, uh, let's see, Tuesday, Saturday night, the 23rd of January. Now, keep in mind, I'm recording this with you on on Tuesday, January 12th. Uh, I mean, Friday, January 12th. Um, so this is how long this has been for me and the journey that I've been under. So the 23rd, I start feeling some symptoms, not really any fever, but just kind of feel like crap. By Sunday, I have fever. You know, it's around 99.5, not feeling good. Monday, I'm I'm down for the count. I've got, I've had it now fever for 24 hours. I'm taking some aspirin. It's making me feel a little bit better. And on Tuesday, I go and get a test and rapid test. It comes back positive. But I am, I am down for the count. Actually, I take it back. One more day I waited. I didn't go till the following Wednesday. So let's just do the timeline here. I shoot on a Tuesday. It's not for a week that I go and get tested. And it took five days for me to show any symptoms. Okay. So now I'm, I'm day two or three into this thing and my fevers are off the charts. And it's not like, you know, 99. I am exceeding 100.5 for three or four days now. So I finally break down and say, I've got to do something. Something has to change here. And I go to the urgent care, make an appointment, and I go on Friday the 29th. I've already been suffering this disease for almost a week. So go to the urgent care, you know, thinking that, and again, you know, the reason I'm telling this story is most people get this thing. They have some minor symptoms. They are sick for a few days and they kind of move past this. I mean, this has been the history of what I've learned and people that I've spoken to and things that I've seen on Facebook and things that I've heard. And you know, for the most part, everybody, you know, starts feeling better a few days later. So that's what I was waiting for, right? That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for a sign to the fever to break. I'm going to be fine. I'm a healthy guy. I ran a hundred miles last month. And, you know, this is, I'm going to get past this, right? So by that Friday, I realized I'm not getting any better. I'll go to the doc, I'll go to the urgent care. They'll give me something to help clear up the congestion. And mind you, my symptoms are, um, High fever, uh, diarrhea, really bad. No appetite. The only I have every symptom except for the lack of. I still have my taste and smell. So all the symptoms except for that one thing, and I can't sleep at night. And I hadn't even started with any respiratory issues at that point. It was just really, really bad. You know, felt like the flu, and really bad chest and head congestion <clears throat> but not not bad on the on 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 my chest right but by friday i'm starting to have some trouble breathing and i'm starting to feel something in my lungs so i go 
go to urgent care. They uh, um, take me in, do some chest x-rays on me, and say that I have what's called COVID pneumonia. And again, I'm t- telling this story because I think it's important that you don't hear about this COVID pneumonia that they talk about. And here's the crazy part is that they don't know whether it's viral or bacterial, meaning they can treat it with antibiotics or not. All they do is they say, we see some stuff in your lungs. We know that you have COVID. So we think that maybe this might be what you need. Let's give you some antibiotics and 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 send you home. And I said, well, what about making me feel better? And they said, well, you know, it's a virus. You're going to have to fight this thing. And, and, and you know, I say, well, you know, I, I can't sleep at night. I can't, I'm not getting any rest. I'm completely exhausted. Please help me. And um, they come back a few minutes later and say, you know, and try and send me home. But every time I've, you know, had reached out for help, it was basically, how can we just send you home? Which was incredibly frustrating, you know, because you hear about all these treatments and all this other stuff. Why aren't they helping me do that? So they give me some steroids. They shoot me with a steroid and give me some antibiotics and um, some cough medicine and some cough medicine with codeine to help me sleep at night. So steroids made me feel better. So again, if there was one thing that I, that I, you know, that did help me through all of this was the steroids. Unfortunately, if you do some research on it and I made the mistake of Googling it, they say that the steroids only prolong things and make things worse which I can't tell you if it did or it didn't, but what I can tell you is that was the only thing that made me feel better and relieved some of the sinus pressure that allowed me to at least be able to put my sit up straight for a few hours at a time. And, and that really helped. So, okay, so we're, we're talking about the 29th now, right? We're five, six days in and I still have fevers every single day. I am dealing with 100, 100 plus temperature. Saturday, Sunday come along. I'm now up to 101, 102 temperature. Steroids are helping making it manageable, but now my lungs are starting to hurt. I'm having trouble breathing. I'm not eating. And I just continue to get worse. And there's nobody for me to call. And... You know, all all I have is is urgent care. Unfortunately, I didn't have a primary, and so that that was that was another piece of advice for those of you out there. If you don't have a primary doctor that you can just call and get in touch with, I highly recommend that that's on your on your list. But since we've moved out here to St. Louis, I, I haven't had a primary, and so I, I don't know if that would have made a difference at all. The urgent care facility is actually a decent. Um, place to go. And, and the doctors were actually very helpful. So, you know, in the sense that I felt like I was talking to a professional. So, okay. So Saturday, Sunday come along. I'm now like desperate. I haven't slept in probably five or six days now for more than a couple of hours. And, and when I have gone to sleep, it's literally been like I've passed out. And if you can think of like when you, uh, wake up from like a cold sweat and asleep from a nightmare and you like jump and you you get up and, and you realize like you've just woken up from like a deep sleep. Those are the kinds of, that's the kind of sleep that I have. Like imagine, you know, spending an entire day 
of just sitting around watching TV kind of in the background because you're so the temperature is so high in your body that you really can't focus on anything other than, you know, staring at a screen and hearing something in the background, right? And <clears throat> other than, you know, taking breaks for, for things. So by Sunday afternoon, I said, I, I need to go back. I need some more help. Let me see what I can do. Okay. We're seven, eight days in. I'm not getting better. Let's go back. So go back. Doctor said to me, second x-ray. <clears throat> yep, things are progressing. Your pneumonia is getting worse. But and and sorry I haven't mentioned it at at this point, but it's all about <clears throat> your oxygen levels. So if your oxygen levels are 95 or better, they basically don't even want to see you or talk to you. It's only until you start dropping below 95%. And for those of you out there um, who want to take some precautions, go out and buy one of those finger pulse meters and buy them on Amazon. Fortunately, I had bought one at the beginning of the pandemic and I was able to monitor that myself. At that point, I was dropping below 95% to 94, 93 and it that's when it started to get scary. But until it goes below 90%, they don't want to send you to the ER. They tell you not to, not to go to the ER. But at 94%, you're miserable. Like your body is not taking enough oxygen in to support itself. So they take an old chest x-ray. They say things are definitely getting worse. You need to keep an eye on it. You need to keep monitoring your oxygen levels. Again, there's not much we can do. Um you know, you've been taking the antibiotics, which by the way, made me so much more sicker. It gave me more diarrhea uh, on top of everything else. So I'm not even sure that that helped at all. Uh, at that point, they gave me more steroids and some fluids. So if that was the one thing that helped too. Again, if this is useful to anybody, IV fluids with, with some um, more antibiotics, and some vitamins in it, I guess. That actually really helped me feel better um, because I must have been so dehydrated at this point because you know, no matter what I did, I couldn't get enough fluids in me all day long. Okay, so that's, that's Sunday, right? I have now had a fever for eight or nine days and I'm still absolutely miserable. The little bit that they helped me and the steroids that they shot me up with, again, Immediate relief, somewhat, still no reduction in fever, okay? And that's really the scary part for me. No reduction in fever for eight days, right? Okay, now we're into February, and I wait a few more days at that point, and there's really no break other than the next two days, I think because of the steroids, I started to feel a little bit better. My hopes were, came up a little bit, and then boom, by Wednesday, I am knocked out again, except now the fever is up to 103 and a half and I'm, my eyes are rolling back in my head and I'm seriously thinking about it, whether or not I'm going to die from this or not. Oxygen levels still remained somewhat low, around 94, 95%, but you know, not low enough for me to, to scare me. And then that evening it drops again. So I say, at that point, my wife had gotten me an appointment 
with a primary care doctor through our health insurance, and we had done a video chat in the afternoon. And at that point, through the video chat, the doctor said, you should go to the ER. And so that's what we did. Wednesday night, we packed up some stuff. I figured I was, you know, after two trips to the ER, that, you know, that was going to be the way to go. And, uh, you know, figured, you know, that the, the hospital would be able to help me. Well, let me tell you guys, the hospital was the absolute worst experience that I could possibly ask for. And it's not their fault. It's just, it was incredibly frustrating. So I check my, that doctor tells the ER that I'm coming. I get to the ER, they check me in. I'm there about two hours before I get into a room. And again, not complaining, but like I go to just, you know, they put me in this random room that doesn't even have a bed. It's just a chair with some hospital equipment in it. And, you know, this is a good local hospital. This is not like some crappy urban hospital or something like that. This is a good hospital. And the doctor comes and sees me and says, you're sick. And I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. He said, you know, he wanted to go over the timeline with me. It's the same thing every time. It's the timeline, it's the timeline, it's the timeline. After 10 days, you should start feeling better. And I'm like, but we're well beyond 10 days. We're, we're 15 days here now, dude. And, uh, you know, take, takes my vitals. Soon as he sees my oxygen levels are above 95%, he's done with me. And that's it. He's done. You know, that that's the way it is. And uh, comes back in about 15 minutes later after they do some other tests, not even a chest test, Craig. And he says, we're going to discharge you. And I lose my shit. And I say, you cannot tell me after all this time that you can't do something for me to make me feel better. So when I go home tonight, I can at least go to sleep. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't do anything for you. And I said, well, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving until you do something for me. You've got to make me feel better. I don't care if you just give me an IV, at least give me some fluids. So he said, all right, well, how about I give you some IV fluids with, with um, an anti-inflammatory? Uh, uh, sounds great. And, you know, then I kind of went over with him and, you know, I was waiting for him to mention it. You know, can you tell me about, you know, this, any of the antiviral drugs like the mononuclear antibody or remdesivir? And his answer to this was, and again, why I wanted it, I felt like it was important for people to hear this, is those treatments are only available in, within the first couple of days, which... I don't know how you're supposed to know you're going to be really sick in the first five days you're getting this. And that's basically what he told me, that that's the only way you're going to get it. And giving it to you now is completely useless. So that's that's it. That's that's this. And, and sure enough, five days later, I started to feel better. I still continued to have fevers. The fevers came down a little bit. The anti-inflammatory actually did help quite a bit. And I continue to take... Um, a rescue inhaler, albuterol. And here here I am. Uh, 18 days later, the fever finally broke and I can start piecing my my uh, my health back together. Uh, I figure it's going to take me another 10 days before I can exercise again and, you know, really start feeling better. Lots of ups and downs. You know, over the last few days now that there's no fever, um, you know, one hour I'm feeling great. Next hour I'm feeling like total crap and I need to go take a nap. So anyway, 
it was a long story. I think it was important for anyone who was interested in hearing it, um, because I don't think you hear enough of these stories of, you know, oh, you hear, hey, I got it. I had some bad symptoms. I'm still feeling like crap sometimes, but I'm back to work to, oh, yeah, I got really sick. And uh, they went to the hospital and they died. And I don't think there's a lot of in-between stories for that. And I think, you know, hearing it, you know, the only other person that I know within our community is Jerry Guionis, who had it at the beginning of this pandemic. I'm curious to see if his story was similar um, in in the way that I've told it. Um, But, you know, outside of him, I'm really curious, you know, like you don't hear many stories of it. So if it helps one person, you know, my lesson in this is that I think, you know, maybe a little bit more caution used when you go out there occupation wise you know maybe i should maybe i would have worn an n90 mask maybe i would have been made a little bit more careful about getting out there and uh you know being so close to the kids um outside of that i don't think i really would have changed much but i think the lesson here is that if you're going to be out there be prepared to lose a month of your life and hopefully you don't die and thankfully i'm here to tell this story and you know cautionary tale for you guys who you know you know might take a chance when you're going out there doing stuff so anyway i appreciate those who listen to the story and uh i would love to hear your stories if if you have one um because i don't think enough of these really sick stories i don't know how else to describe it there is to to tell with so much going on about people saying, ah, it's no big deal. I got past it. It's, you know, this thing is way overblown and uh, it's not. So anyway, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Something New Every Week. We will be back next week with some great episodes and uh, be safe out there, guys. Peace. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do enjoy these episodes, I love it if you hit that subscribe button on however you're listening to this. Again, we want to thank our sponsor, Miller's Lab, millerslab.com. Great company. If you're not familiar with them, you should go check them out. Thanks again for tuning into Something New Every Week. We will see you back here next week.